One of the things that scripture actually teaches is that it is through the Word of God that we are actually given the Holy Spirit. So when you're coming into contact with the Word of God, hearing it, reading it, speaking it, thinking about it, meditating on it, you are actually coming into contact with the Spirit of God. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the Every Moment His podcast. And today we are talking about how to read the Bible. Yeah, I think one of the most common questions I've been getting in the last couple months is, yeah, I want to get advanced my Bible reading. I mm-hmm. want to get better at that skill. Uh, what are some ways to do that? What do you recommend? Yeah, or maybe I've never really read the Bible outside of maybe like a daily verse or maybe uh, in church when the Bible readings are, are read. Yeah. And I'd like to have this as a personal discipline that I follow. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some great resources you can use, also some methods that you can adopt. Uh, none of them are uh, kind of a silver bullet, but just some things that might fit your personality or your uh, place in life, your habits, your time uh, to help you get into the Word. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So first, the joke of the day. Okay. All right. What did the lawyer wear to his court appointment? A what? Lo- <laughs> a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a underhand <laughs> yeah. softball joke. It's like right there. It's, it's like low fruit. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a lawsuit <laughs> for lawyers. Looks, looks good on you, man. Yeah. All right. So Okay. Well, so let's let's dig into this. So uh, first, I think maybe we should just talk about the importance of doing this. Yeah, yeah, for real. So, you know, I remember in my in my previous church, there was a joke between me and our our senior pastor and the congregation that just about every other sermon was the quote unquote read your Bible people <laughs> sermon. <It's laughs> like, come on, people, read your Bibles, because that was. Um, you know, both of us as pastors, that was a real passion we had was just like, we want you to know the scriptures because the more we know the scriptures, the more we know Jesus, the more we understand sermons, the more we are in God's thoughts, right? Yeah. And, and I think that one of the, one of the couple things that really marks Christian maturity is a knowledge of the scriptures. Hmm. And so it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what else are you going to do with your time? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, just to be a little sarcastic about it. Like, yeah. what, do you got something better to do? Yeah, I mean, this is the living, active Word of God. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, it's it's the yeah. God who fills all things, right? In Him we live and breathe and have our being. And He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the reason for our existence, the joy of our redemption, you yeah. got be- something better to do or what? <laughs> well, there's always Netflix. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, you know, I really, I, I think of what Jesus says when he's tempted in the wilderness. Yeah. He says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every mouth that comes from, uh, every, every word, word yeah. rather, that comes from the mouth of the living God. And that is so spot on, right? I mean, that just makes total sense that we... The universe was created by the word of God. God spoke into existence. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. 
We're told in scripture that the word of God, the scriptures are God breathed. Mm-hmm. We're told that the word of the Lord endures forever. Jesus says, my words are spirit and their life. So we ought to be in these words because one of the things that scripture actually teaches is that it is through the word of God that we are actually given the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so when you're coming into contact with the word of God, hearing it, reading it, speaking it, thinking about it, meditating on it, you're actually coming into contact with the spirit of God. Yeah, and I think this is, uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about different church denominations lately um, because Megan is doing studies for that with a college ministry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just struck by how this is such, this is the factor. Uh, it just makes all the difference is churches will either say, this is really God's word, or they'll back off from that, that confidence. And as soon as they back off from that confidence, uh, it's like they're playing a different game. It's a whole different Different approach, yeah. Yeah. And so, but when you hold that to be the case, that these are the words of Jesus, this is the word of God, Mm -hmm. it's meant for me, it doesn't change, I get to talk to God. Once you make that that confident assertion, well then, okay, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be picking up the Bible. I'm going to be, I get to talk to God. Are you kidding me right now? Like, I'm going to absolutely be about that. And churches that hold this will will hold the scriptures very high yeah yeah and so uh let's talk about some resources and let's start really basic right here like what is just a good translation of the bible to use yeah so we use the esv uh translation here at holy cross and i think it's a good translation it's the extra special version <laughs> the extra extra special version and it uh it really does a good job uh, it's it can be a little bit higher brow, I guess you could say. It uses big words uh, and somewhat complex language, and it, that's because it's kind of a wooden translation from the Greek. It's sometimes it is literal. It's giving the literal wording and grammar of the Greek and Hebrew to the point of sounding a little bit awkward in English. Yeah, well yeah. said. And I think that's okay. I would rather have it be a little bit more wooden than than yeah. just kind of loose. ESV um, is 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 top shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. If you had to pick one, I think ESV is a great translation to read out of. NIV, I don't mind the NIV. It's more of a reader version. It's more of a thought by thought rather than a literal mm-hmm. version. So they do do take some a little bit of license there. Um the scholarship I think is pretty good in the NIV. Um if I could make a general distinction, I would say that um, the ESV is kind of a suit and tie mm-hmm. translation, and the NIV is maybe kind of like dress casual. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the the Living translation is maybe like Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the the Living is uh, sometimes I like to read the Living or the New Living translation it's because NLT, yeah. yeah, it gives you a little bit of like what the sense of the text is in modern words. But it might can hit be, you a little different. Yeah, it might hit you a little bit different, yeah. but it can get a little, <laughs> a little soupy. A little, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. I wouldn't preach from that. Yeah, exactly. The nice thing about using a, a text like the ESV is that you're able to explain it very clearly in the sermon. Yeah. But any, any yeah, any oddities in the English, they're going to be picking up on that and just present. It. Here's, here's what you need to know from the Greek. So there's yeah. any messages. 
Um, good. Yeah, so let's go another level here, uh, and that would be, okay, study Bibles. Back in the day, when I was in college, the big study Bible that everybody got, in, in fact, it was required for our theology classes at, at Concordia Seward, was um, the Concordia Self-Study Bible, which was NIV translation. Mm-hmm. It was the 1984 NIV. They did a 2010-2011 update. Uh, and that was a good study Bible. If you still have that one, I'd use it. I really liked the introductory overviews of the books. So it would give you just an overview of the book, an outline of the book, what Luther said about the book, some other helpful insights. Yeah, so if, you, if you're saying, okay, I want to jump into... Uh, reading the Bible. I want, I want that to be a good habit. I want it to be fruitful in my life and not frustrating. Uh, yeah, kind of the one, like, if one resource you had to have is, is a good study Bible. Right, and now the the old school Concordia self-study Bible is no longer being made. It's no longer in print. You can find them, I think, on eBay or yeah. Overstock. <laughs> yeah. But now it is the... Uh, Gargantuan <laughs> uh, Lutheran study Bible, which typically that's going to run you some money. Yeah. I mean, I think they have them over at Solid Rock. They're, they're about 50 bucks. They're about 50 bucks, yeah. and they are about the size of a briefcase. Um, they're <laughs> you big. You a compact one. <laughs> but I see you have a compact one. I do, yeah, with me right now. Yeah. And uh, this works as long as, you, as long as your eyes are working good. Yeah, if you got 20-20 vision... Yeah, or a magnifying glass, it it's works. size 8 font, I think. Yeah. But that one really does a good job of once again giving you maps, timelines, charts, introductions. It also has really good study notes, and it quotes the church fathers and um, other theologians. Yeah. does a good job of answering questions. Yeah, and so it's amazing. I, I find it still, like I use this every day just about in work, but it's amazing how just a little bit of knowledge around the, the context of the situation, you know, so I'm studying Corinth right now and, and what's going on in Corinth, like just knowing a little bit about the history, a little bit about the timeline, okay, where is this in history, where is what's going on geographically, you know, what are these people worshiping, what are they thinking, um, like that just goes so far in helping you understand the words, you know, helping, like, if you understand the situation that Paul's writing to, then all of a sudden his, his conversation makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great way. Understanding the context mm-hmm. of the scriptures is huge. Now, I would gently warn people against some study Bibles because not all study Bibles are created equally. And so, for example, I think one of the most popular study Bibles is like the life application one. Mm-hmm. And I would just gently discourage that because the the study notes are typically coming from maybe like a Reformed Baptist non-denominational background. And so it's not going to be distinctly Lutheran. And so it may be giving interpretations of certain things that really are not... Um, lining up with what we believe in our church body. Yeah. Um, 
And so I would, I would gently warn against those. Um, I, would, I would steer you in the direction of a good Lutheran study Bible. If you don't use a study Bible, one thing that I use, um, I have an ESV single-column journaling Bible. Okay. I got this at Solid Rock, and it's just been great. I just love it. So it's basically the ESV text. It doesn't have any study notes, but it has um, nice margins with dotted lines where I can take plenty of notes because when I read, if I have a thought, a prayer, an impression that I want to write down, I write it down in the margins. And with most Bibles, they don't give you a lot of space, and so the Bible just becomes a mess of, yeah. of writing. And so I really like to have my margins open so I can write in them. Good. Well, so that's good for resources, I think. Uh, study Bibles, Concordia Self-Study Bible, Lutheran Study Bible, those are our recommendations. What about just overall strategy for reading the Bible? Like, how are you going to go about doing that? Yeah. Uh, before we begin that, I just want to mention one more resource. Anybody who has done confirmation, uh, any parents who've gone through that uh, with their kiddos, or anybody who has done Sunday morning Bible class at 9.30 will be familiar with the Bible Project. It's just bibleproject.com. Go to the video section. They have thematic videos, but they also have a, a video for each book of the Bible. And so if you're going to study a book of the Bible, so I'm reading through Mark's Gospel right now, go to the bibleproject.com and watch the 10-minute video on Mark and it will visually lay out the whole book and its themes and its main points. It'll kind of narrate the story for you. So when you read the book of Mark, you can like understand, oh yeah, Christ the King, that's mm -hmm. a big thing mm -hmm. in Mark, or Jesus the suffering servant, mm -hmm. uh, or how fast-paced the book of Mark moves and why right. it does, and how the book of Mark ends. Like all those things, it's so good to know those and visually see them so that when you read the book of Mark, you can look for those things and you kind of see the trees and the forest, you know, together. Yeah. And that makes it better. Yeah. You understand it more. It makes it yep. better. Cool. Great. Uh, so now on to strategies. Strategies. So Strategery. So I, I've heard a lot of people, they just say, okay, I'm going to read the Bible this year and I'm just going to plow through it. I'm going to go from Genesis to Revelation and a lot of times people fail. <laughs> yeah. And so here's full full admission. I, I have never done that. And I'm a, I'm a preacher guy, right? And I just found, I, I've never really seriously attempted it, first of all. But I've just found that that approach is often frustrating. Mm -hmm. So my approach has been um, that I actually picked this up from the president of the Lutheran Church Canada, his name was Robert Bugby, but he really recommended this, and I thought, that's a great idea. But what you do is you just pick one book. The Bible's a collection of books, right? So you pick one of those books, much less intimidating. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one-fiftieth of the, the size of the whole, whole thing, and you're just going to make it your, your own book. You're going to kind of dig and dig and dig. You're going to make sure you understand every word that's in that book, right? And you're going to make sure you understand the progression of events. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to kind of squeeze the marrow out of that thing until you really grasp it. 
And as you're doing that, you can look up other references, cross-references in the Bible to try to understand the conversation better and better. But once you have kind of a, a confident foothold in the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, that really opens things up. Because yeah. then you begin to see there's a pattern of language right throughout the New Testament about this topic. Or you say, oh yeah, I remember, right? If you say you, you use the Gospel of Mark, which is mm-hmm. uh, the shortest gospel. Yeah. Um, you, you can say, yeah, I remember what Jesus said. Jesus said these words. I remember, or if you're in the Old Testament uh, later down, uh, down the road, and you say, oh, you know what? Jesus references this in one of his parables. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is a better strategy to, to getting into the world of the scriptures mm-hmm. is you just start with one door, go through that one door. Yeah really understand it, make it your own, and then use that as a diving board into other places. Well, and I like what you said about reading a whole book of the Bible, because one of the weaknesses, I think, of daily devotionals, and and I'm not saying don't use a daily devotional, but what I'm saying is that there is a weakness there, if it's all you use, that we can't really survive on nuggets of Scripture, as well as the substantive, thick, narrative of a whole book and so you know if you have a daily devotion that just has like a verse or a portion of a verse on the one hand i mean that's just not really giving you enough nutrition Mm -hmm. but also sometimes the devotion book can just go in whatever direction it wants yeah and say things that have nothing to do with um with what the the scripture is saying you know yeah um that's why, like, I'm not a big fan of the Jesus Calling uh, books, just because I know they're really popular. But I, I just because once again, I think that it it's really taking a scripture and then giving you kind of a subjective <laughs> yeah take know, like, on it take on it. And I think it's it's better for us to do what the church has always done, which is just really read the scriptures in their own light. Um, now there are some good devotions out there, but but I think we use devotions much better when we have read the scriptures a little more deeply. Uh, With that said, not all books are created equally. All books are the inspired word of God. But if somebody's a new Christian, or maybe they're just starting to get into reading the scripture on a daily basis, I would really encourage them, like, don't start with the book of Esther. <laughs> yeah, right. Which actually n- doesn't really mention God. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of more... It's a good point. God is kind of in the narrative, but more in the background. Yeah. Um, don't start with the Proverbs, which give you a lot of wisdom, but don't give you the centrality of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, I would recommend starting with a book like Exodus, or starting with a book like Isaiah or the Mm. Psalms, because these are very central, giving you the real big story of the Old Testament. Um, If you're in the New Testament, and I would recommend starting in the New Testament, I would recommend that you start with the Gospel, any of the four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or that you'd start with a a letter like Romans. Don't start with Revelation. Right. (laughs) Uh, A letter like Ephesians. Yeah. That's going to give you the whole counsel of God. You're going to yeah. get the gospel. First Peter, I think, is a good one because it's 
uh, concise, mm-hmm. and it also gives uh, a very good encouragement to new Christians to ha- as they learn to suffer in the in the faith. Yeah, and so and it and it does a good job of laying out the doctrine of Christ. For real, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the most popular devotional book in all of the Lutheran Church is the classic Portals of Prayer. Yeah, the Portals. And the Portals of Prayer, you know, I, I was doing some, some nursing home visits today, and every one of those residents has like a tattered copy of hmm. Portals of Prayer, and they read them every morning. And what's cool about Portals of Prayer is that they, they have a verse, but they also have a psalm and a and a larger portion of Scripture to mm, read. That you can pick up and yeah, read. Yeah, they encourage you to read that. So it's kind of cool that there is both and yeah <laughs> kind of going on um yeah the other thing you like to use kind of a an, a unique system for getting through the bible so tell us a little bit about that yeah so i am just like i am really uh haphazard here and there don't do the same thing for more than six months kind of person i i really don't do well with a fixed way of doing things and so uh for a while I was trying to do where I would just read straight through and I would do it, um, you know, within a year mm-hmm. and that yep. was great. But then I would be in the book of Leviticus for like a while and felt like I was in the wilderness a little bit, you know, Yep. Leviticus is really cool and there's a lot of good stuff, but you really need to know Christ and know the gospels to understand it. And so as I was in the old Testament, I really appreciated reading that, but I realized that I'm kind of missing the words of Jesus Mm. and the words of Paul in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what I would do then is now I do a bookmark method where I have five different bookmarks. Well, actually six, because I have the Psalms bookmarked where I do a Psalm a day as a prayer. And then I have a bookmark in the Old Testament prophets, a bookmark in the Old Testament wisdom books, like... Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, that kind of stuff. And then I have a bookmark in the Torah, which would be uh, Genesis right now. And then in the New Testament, I have a bookmark in Mark, in my Gospels. And then in the Epistles, I'm in Second Corinthians. And so each day I'll try to do two to three chapters, but I'll read a chapter of Genesis. Or if the story is really catching me, I'll do three and then call it good for the day. And then the next day I'll read a little bit in the in the wisdom books. And then the next day I'll hit the prophets for a couple chapters. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it allows me to be getting the whole counsel of God. I'm not just getting the Gospels. I'm getting the Old Testament. And it's really been cool for me as I'm gradually reading, slowly reading through these different genres and books in the Old and New Testament. I'm seeing how they really complement each other. And mm-hmm. they're telling one story. So that's worked for me, and, and maybe, you know, in a couple months I'll be doing something different, but uh, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I like that. It's just, I like how high-tech that solution is, you know, bookmarks. It was recommended <laughs> to me by somebody else, and, yeah. and it just stuck with me. Cool. Yeah. We actually do have a, a high-tech system for this in the church, and it's called the lectionary. There are two lectionaries, and a lectionary, by the way, is just a, a system of readings, a schedule of readings. If you have a hymnal, uh, you can just look in the front, and I'll tell you what page it's on. Um, this is a commercial. 
<laughs> for buying a hymnal because there's so many good things in there. Uh, let me find what page it's on. They have a daily lectionary in here. And basically it takes you through, not the whole Bible actually, but through the major portions of the Bible. And it does it in one year. It starts on Ash Wednesday and then it ends uh, again the next year. It, so it's a year long and having trouble finding it. <laughs> but it's going to give you, here it is. So like uh, in Ash Wednesday, it begins in Genesis and it begins in Mark. And so each day you read about 15 to, tw 15 to 25 verses from the Old Testament and then from the New Testament. And it's kind of cool because you can do in the morning, you can read your Old Testament reading. On the first day of the lectionary, it would be Genesis 1, 1 through 19. Mm. And then in the evening or at lunchtime, you could read your New Testament portion, which would be Mark 1, 1 through 13. And that allows you to cover a good portion of the Bible, but to do it at a slow pace and to really just spend some good time with those words. Yeah, there's something nice that uh, there is something nice about just a path being laid out for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And what's kind of neat, too, is there's people all over the world doing this same path. Yeah. You yeah. know, so there's m most churches are on the three year lectionary cycle, but there's also a one year lectionary cycle. But you're going to find many, many other Christians, both mm -hmm. within the LCMS and outside the LCMS who are following the same general reading path. Yeah. And so that's kind of a neat uh, thing if you happen to stumble across another Christian talking about the Bible. Hey, you mm -hmm. may have done the same reading that day. Back when we were in lockdown and we were doing those daily Bible studies on Facebook Live, I was just using the daily lectionary. Yeah. Yeah. We were like in the book of Hebrews, I think. And um, yeah, it is nice just to have it laid out. And if you miss like a couple days or a week... You can just pick up where the schedule is, yeah. and um, it's kind of nice. You know, and I like being able to have these smaller portions of Scripture where I'm getting maybe 13 verses from Mark, and I can really soak in those 13 verses and think about them, use my imagination, pray about it, use that Scripture as a, as a way to go into deeper prayer and reflection, um, maybe even try to memorize a verse. Mm. There is another lectionary that we are maybe a little bit more common with, and that is the, the, uh, the church year lectionary for our preaching. Now, we have been off the lectionary for a little bit because we've been doing sermon series. We focused on the Beatitudes. We focused on temptation. Um, but we're actually planning on going back to the lectionary uh, here soon where we have those three standard readings. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday in Pentecost is... Right. And then there's an epistle reading, and then there's a gospel reading. And in some churches, I know that members of the church will study those readings during the week, and they'll read them on repeat and really get to know those three readings. And then when they get to church, when they get to church, they, they hear them read again, and they're, they're already a little bit ahead of the game, right? Yeah. And then when the pastor preaches on one of those texts, they're more able to absorb it. Yeah, I think I think there that is good, and, and I think there's nothing wrong with reading or reading something twice or reading no. something and then hearing it preached. I think that is 
you know, you go deeper, you get yeah. more familiar. And so that's an, I think that's a great way to go about it. Yeah. Read it, chew it, inwardly digest it. Yep. Even, you know, a real simple method for anyone in this church is just, you know, we've, if we're preaching on a certain text, mm-hmm. just make that your text for the week. Yep. Just look through it again, you know, wonder about it. Remember parts of the sermon, come up with questions, you know, yeah. um, because that's already done for you. You know, you don't have to set the agenda. The church's agenda can be your agenda. And yeah, you can so just go along with it. Bring your Bible to church. Yep. When you hear the readings, this Sunday we're preaching on 1 Corinthians 10. And I think there's some verses from Luke 22 for the gospel reading. So write it down, hear the sermon, and then during the week, study it, think about it, pray about it. And I'm sure that the sermon's going to come back to mind as you're thinking about that text again and again. Yeah. Definitely a good practice is to squeeze all the, all the juice out of it, right? Yep. And then you'll, then you'll, you'll learn it deeply, right? The, the point of reading the Bible is not just to get your eyes to go over the words, you know, and, and to check off, okay, I did it. The goal is to inwardly digest it, right? Yeah. To take it to heart. So I remember... Uh, in the summers, we used to preach through epistles. And I remember one summer we did the book of Galatians. And then another summer we did First John. And we would encourage the congregation. We'd say, hey, um, we're going to be reading the book of Galatians like on repeat as we preach this. So we're inviting you to read it on repeat because it only takes about 15 minutes to read the book of Galatians. That's right. And so, yeah, I'll just read a chapter a day and keep going until the, the series is over because you're going to tap really deep into what the Lord is saying through those words. Yeah, and I think maybe a last encouragement is, you know, dig deep in the Bible. Find, find a method that works for you. Dig deep. And if you have questions, that's what your pastors are for. Yeah, for real. I, yeah. I love getting questions about the scriptures, about doctrine, because mm-hmm. it's like, good, yeah, you're you're thinking, you're learning, you're grappling with this, yeah. and maybe I can shine some light on it. If I can't, I know Pastor John can. And vice versa. Yep, and, yeah. if, that, and if it's above our pay grade, we probably know some people who we'll can answer some, that question. Do some study, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so, um, yeah, we, we would just encourage you to don't obsess over the perfect method. Pick something and do it. And maybe it works for six months, and then maybe you're kind of bored with it. Pick something else. Do it. A huge shout-out to all the members who've been asking me this question. In particular, new members to our church have been interested in how to do this well. So shout-out, and God bless that desire. Yeah. And if you get a new Bible because of this conversation, come show it to us. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Sounds good. God's peace to everybody.